0: This podcast is brought to you by Living Waters Church, Kayabarum. You can visit us at www.lwkayabarum.com. All right, well, Mother's Day. One of the things I understand about Mother's Day is that it's a day of controversy. And today, if you're a mum, we're wanting to serve you with quality coffee, with a latte or a cappuccino or a short black or a macchiato. Uh, We'll even do Melbourne magics, won't we, Jesse? Yeah, If you've never had a Melbourne Magic, you need to speak to Jesse and get him to make you a Melbourne Magic coffee. And if you don't know what a Melbourne Magic coffee is, basically it's a double ristretto with a little bit of milk. And if you don't know what a double ristretto is, then um, talk to Jesse and he will sort you out later. And so we're wanting to, um, because we've got the coffee machine running for the mums, now this is going to be an attitude tester for the guys. Any blokes here ever have entitlement in their life? No, never, because we're Australian males. I've already got some kickback from this where blokes are going, why don't I get a real coffee? Why don't I get this? Well, you know what? Suck it up, princess, because we're going to serve the mums. And if I've offended you today, good, because you needed to be offended. All right. So before everyone leaves the church, or just the male ones, uh, we've also got a, a little gift for you at the end of the service as well, mums, something that you can take home and munch on, who enjoys munching. Yeah. One of the things I've learnt about my wife, my beautiful wife, is if ever I go to the supermarket, I've just got to bring home chocolate. doesn't matter if I forget the milk, as long as I've got the chocolate, it's okay. It's like, oh, I forgot the milk, but I got chocolate. (laughs) So we've got something sweet for you to share um, with your coffee um, after the service today. And there's also a photo booth up in the back corner. So um, Hope's going to be snapping away. And so um, it's the only time you're allowed to be snappy is with the, photo, with the photo booth, and so um, make, make sure if you're a, a mum and your kids are here especially um, that you grab a photo before you go. Excellent. All right. Well, if you get your Bibles, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 61 because one of the things I do understand is that Mother's Day can be a day of controversy. It can be a hard day for some people's lives, and I've already had conversations with people this week saying how that they are not happy that Mother's Day is this week. Why aren't they happy that Mother's Day is this week? Because it brings up some issues in their life. It brings up pain. It's whether you've lost a mum or whether you've been distant from your mum or whether the uh, relationship with your mum that you had was was strained in some respects. Today can actually be a tough day in some people's lives. And I was actually thinking about this and praying about this this week um, and God directed me to this verse in Isaiah 61 Verses one and two, because it says this: The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, and to proclaim ca- that captives be released from prisons will be will be freed. Verse two: He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of the Lord's anger against their enemies. Now, I believe that this is a significant verse because this is the verse that Jesus read when he went back to his hometown and he went to the temple and he opened the scroll and this scroll, the scroll of Isaiah was handed to him and he found these verses and he read these verses. And basically what he did was that he said to the people who were hearing, these verses, this group of verses are beginning to be fulfilled within your presence. Now, because it was his hometown and because they were not happy that Jesus was speaking this way, it caused trouble in his life. But I love the fact that what this does is it gives us a glimpse into the heart of Jesus. It gives us a glimpse into the heart and the purpose of Jesus and so I want to encourage you this Mother's Day that if you're struggling, if you feel brokenhearted, hopefully you heard the words of Jesus today, where he says, He comes to bind up the brokenhearted, He comes to set at liberty those who are captive, He comes to comfort those who mourn. And in actual fact, what he does is he says there is great joy coming because your enemies are going to be defeated. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to face my enemy and I already know they're defeated, it builds my confidence. There's something in it where it's like if I'm going into battle and I already know the outcome, you know that moment where you've already watched the movie? The first time you watch the movie, you're sitting on the edge of your seat. might be a game of football last night where if you're watching it on KO tomorrow, you're not worried about the third quarter. I was worried about the third quarter last night. Made a determined effort that I'm going to talk about less about football this year. Don't know why, but there's a reason. See, when you know the outcome, it takes the pressure off the future. When you know the tomorrow, it takes the pressure off the now. When you understand your destiny, it takes the pressure off the decision-making process in the moment of now. And so because I know that Jesus Christ has already defeated our enemies, the battle is already done. The battle is already won. And so therefore when we go into battle, it's not, well, what are we going to do? All we need to do is just follow the voice of the Saviour. And so this verse actually reflects the ministry of Jesus Christ. And if you're brokenhearted in, in, in this place today because of circumstance, because of situations, not just because of a relationship with your mom, but if you're brokenhearted in this place, this is the promise to you today that he comes to bind up the brokenhearted. He, it says there in this, he says, he sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. So if you feel brokenhearted this day, can you take comfort? I want to encourage you to be comforted By that, because we understand that today will raise and will stir and will cause different emotions to come up in people's lives. Can I encourage you to rest on the everlasting arms of Jesus? So let's go to Philippians chapter 2. This last night at Saturday Night Live, I was saying how that being Mother's Day, it's like, what do you preach on? Do you preach about mums? Do you preach on what it means to be a good mum? And so these event days. I always go to God and go, well, what do you want me to speak on? What do you want me to preach on? And this year he directed me to this verse in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through to 5, and we're going to look at this this morning because God encourages us to have some attitudes in life. And as I was reading this this week, it was like the Holy Spirit was saying, you know what, that's a picture of your mum. That's a picture of motherhood. That's a picture of mum's who love Jesus. And so out of this this morning we're going to pull some characteristics and some character traits not just for mums but for us as believers. Verse 1 it says is there any encouragement from being uh, from belonging to Christ any comfort from his love any fellowship together in the spirit are your hearts tender and compassionate then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. Now, verses three onwards is the verses that stood out to me this week when I was thinking about mums. Don't be selfish. Don't try and impress others. Be humble, thinking of of others better than yourself don't look out only for your own interests but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude Jesus Christ had. Now there's a number of characteristics or character traits there that I want to pull out and I've been studying a book about how to preach and it says to only have one point but I've got four today so I've broken the rules already. Number one, if you're taking notes, is don't be selfish. Now when I think about mums, Mums give above and beyond. We'll get to humility in a minute. (laughs) Don't be selfish. One of the things I've noticed about mums, and we found this during the drought, where during the drought there was a whole stack of farmers' wives and farmers who were mums who were going without things so that they could provide for their kids. When the money came short, A good parent, what they do is they think about the interest of their kids before their own. And so a lot of the care packages that were able to be sent out contained a lot of things, just simple things like soap and perfume, just simple things like shampoo for their hair and conditioner for their hair because what mums were choosing to do was to put their finances into the lives of their kids rather than their lives of themselves. And I think that the true heart of a mum is one that is not selfish. See, love is not selfish. When we love, we choose to put the person that we're loving above even our own needs in that moment. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, let's turn there. I'm going to lose my jacket because our heaters are working. Isn't it good to have new heaters? In winter, I used to have to come down at 6.30 in the morning to turn our heaters on just to warm up the place. I get to sleep in now, we've got new heaters, and I get to get here 20 minutes before and the place is warm. So I'm appreciating the sleeping on a Sunday. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, it talks about love and it says this, Love is not um, not rude, nor does it demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no records of wrong. In the, That was in the New Living Translation, in the New American Standard version, it says this, does not act unbecomingly, does not seek its own, is not provoking, does not take into account a wrongful suffering. Or in the CEV version, it says this, love is patient and kind, never jealous, boastful or proud. Rude love isn't selfish or quick-tempered. It, does, it doesn't keep a record of wrongs that others have do see one of the things that we need to understand that to love our neighbor as ourselves we need to choose to do that in a way where we are not selfish the second thing I see in the uh, key verse today is that mums don't fall into the comparison trap here's some encouragement for you this morning mums we love you just the way you are honestly mums we love you just the way you are And if we're not careful, because it's a trait of humanity, what we do is we fall into the comparison trap. It's like things that has happened in our world, because of social media, we always get the A side. Remember the old days when you had records? Remember the singles, the little 45s? You know, where it's like you had A side and you had B side, where A side was the hit? And B-side was the scummy song that they wanted to release, but the record producer wouldn't want to release them, so they put it on the B-side instead. See, if we're not careful with social media, we only get the A-side. You know, your Instagram reels and your Facebook posts and that sort of stuff, it's the highlights in life. It's the highlights. It's, It's that moment where it's like, you know, all the good bits. And we can be very creative with our photography. We can be very creative with the way we set certain things up and makes it look, because what happens is it makes it look better than it really is. And if we're not careful, we're we're in this comparison where it's like we're trying to compare against everyone's A-reel when we live most of our life in our B-reel. And so if we're into that comparison trap, then what happens is it's like we will continually fall down in our self-esteem because we'll look at others and go, well, I can't meet that. Of course you can't meet that. They can't even meet that because we're only looking at the highlights in life. You know that moment where it's like someone says, how are you going? I'm fine. I'm good. It's the A-reel in life. How's your wig? It was fantastic. And inside you're going, liar, liar. Pants on fire. That moment when, "How was your day? My day was fantastic. And inside you're going, well, it wasn't really. It wasn't really fantastic. See if we're not careful, we compare ourselves to others, and we continually fall down. Let's go to Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter nine, because the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Corinth, he used the comparison issue when it comes to our giving. And he says this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, you must each decide in your own heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Basically what the Apostle Paul is saying here in this verse is when you come to give to God, whether it's finance, whether it's your gifts, whether it's your time or whatever, it is, don't compare yourself with others. Because if we're not careful, we'll compare ourselves with others where it's like, well, you know what? Pastor Bruce, he just put $10,000 in the offering in Jesus' glorious name. And if we're not careful, we can look at that and we go, well, you know what? If I want to be a good person, I need to respond in the same measure. I need to respond, no, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says this, that we need to choose in our own heart without pressure and so that we're able to give what we believe God's asking us to give, not under the pressure from a human being, but under the pressure of the Holy Spirit, basically under his leading because God loves a person that gives cheerfully. So mums, can I just encourage you, don't compare yourselves with others. There's been times in our life, dads as well, where we have been under pressure in life. I mean, life is squeezing us for everything we have. And I'll go around to someone's house and they are, you know, double income, no kids, and I'll look at their house and it's spotless. And I think about my house and it's like, oh, a bit of stuff. Four kids create a bit of stuff. You know, when you're raising four kids, especially when your house isn't set up for four kids, when you've got three bedrooms and one lounge room, And one bathroom, it's like, you know, mess can be created and if we're not careful we can feel down on ourselves because we haven't got everything spick and span and everything in the right place and and everything there and yet, you know what, ultimately it doesn't matter. Ultimately it doesn't matter. And we can be down on ourselves and if we're not careful that being down on ourselves will actually produce us to give up rather than to persevere. Don't compare with others. Just be yourself. It's hard work being someone else. I don't know whether you've ever done acting. Anyone ever had a part in a play and you have to be someone else? It's hard work. You have to learn the way they walk. You have to learn the way they talk. You have to learn their accent. You have to learn their sayings. It's easy to be you. It's simple to be you. You don't even have to think about being you. But to be someone else, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of time, and it's tiring, it's tiring. It's more tiring to be plastic than it is to be real. Three, be humble. One of the things I love about mums, or the mums I know, is most of them are just really humble. They're just happy being mums. Can I encourage your mums, if you just want to be a mum, just be a mum. Take the pressure off, just be you. In actual fact, you just be you you just be the best mum you can be or the best grandma you can be or the best dad you can be or the best granddad you can be because you know what our kids our kids need authentic role models they need role models who are humble let's go to Luke chapter 24 uh, sorry Luke chapter 14 because one of the things I love about humility is there's a reward that comes with humility who loves being rewarded rewards are great things Things I used to love when I used to play sport was our awards nights. They were great nights. Like Even if I didn't get any awards, it was good to see who got the most runs in the year and who did this and who did that. It was a great night. You know why? Because we could sit back and we could say, well done. It was even better if we won a premiership or something like that because then there was extra reward for all the hard work that we put into that season as well. And so with humility, there also comes rewards. Luke 14, verse 11, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who humble themselves will be exalted. So This is the way it works in the kingdom. When you're wanting to exalt yourself, eventually you will be humbled. But when you live in humility, there is a day where you'll be exalted. You think about the life of Joseph and we don't have time to go through the life of Joseph because it spans a lot of chapters, but Joseph was, he was raised and he was exalted to the position he had because of his humility. When he was forgotten, he didn't sit back and go, "Wow, wow, he didn't jump on social media and become the keyboard warrior. He didn't get to that thing where it's like, well, my rights, you know what he did was he just continued to serve. Whether he was in a prison, he served. Whether he was in a palace, he served. Why? Because he was a man of humility. So when humility is an aspect of someone's life, then God will exalt them when the time is right. Let's go to First Peter chapter 5. What went down the wrong way? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, it says, In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility. As you relate one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. One of the reasons that Margaret Gilley was such a person of grace was because she was a person of humility. She was a person of great humility because this is the way of the kingdom. When you are a person of humility, you are provided with much grace. And I don't know about you, but in my life, I need grace. I need the grace of my Lord Saviour more than ever. Number four, you need to look out for, the, for others. One of the things I noticed about mums is that they look out for others, particularly their children. I know I, I said this a few weeks ago, but it's like as a parent, we hear the cry of our children above every other cry. It's like you can be in a room full of crying children, but when your kid cries... You get determined whether it's a real cry or whether it's a fake cry. You get to determine what that cry means. And after a while as a parent, you get to discern. You know, it's like you can be across a crowded room and your kid cries and it's like, well, that's my kid. Why? Because we get attuned to the cry. So in life, not just in motherhood, but in life, we need to look out for the others. I actually think that's the call of Christians, is that we should be looking out for others in Matthew chapter 10, verse 42, says these words, and even if you give a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. There's something about a cup of cold water. There's just something about that act of, you know what, let me serve you. And mums, after this service, we want to serve you with whatever drink you like, as long as we have it. Might be tea, might be latte, might be a Melbourne magic. Can't wait for Father's Day. I'm going to order Melbourne Magic. See, when you give that cup of cold water in his name, the Bible says that there is a reward that's attached to that. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 says, Do unto others what you would have them do to you. This is the essential of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. We know it as the golden rule. The golden rule is do unto others the way you would want it done to you. See, when we look after others... We fill the golden rule. Number five. I think I said I had four points, but we'll go five. This is the last one that we're going to look at this morning before we share some time with our beautiful mums. We need to adopt the attitude of Christ. This got me thinking this week. What was the attitude of Christ? What was ultimately his attitude? And if you continue to read on in Philippians, it'll actually tell you what that attitude is. But to simplify it today, the attitude of Christ was this, that he was willing to lay down his life, he was willing to lay down his rights so that he was able to serve others. I think about all the times my mum laid down her rights and laid down her attitudes so that she could serve us as children. One of the things I... Always appreciate about my mum was she was always home when I got home from school. She was always there. Except for that one day you weren't. Happened to me once. One day, got home, mum was not there. I don't think it was my fault, mum. Got home and rushed in the door. Mum, I'm home. No mum. Oh, she must be out hanging out the washing or getting the washing in. Ran out to the clothesline. Mum. No mum. This poor little Christian kid had thought the rapture had come. (laughs) This is serious. I stood in the middle of the backyard going, no, no, I missed the rapture. I'm stuck here to get my head cut off in the end of the tribulation. Pictures of poor little Trevor going to the guillotine because I saw those horrible movies some of you people made us watch. I thought, this is it. Then mum walks in. She was at the neighbours talking. Whew, scary. See, Jesus' attitude is this, that he laid down his life so he could serve us, so he could serve us. And that's what the picture of the cross is all about. See, the point of Jesus doing that, he didn't just do it so that he could big note himself. He didn't just do it so that he could gain the name that's above every name. He did that so that we could have life and so we could have restored relationship with him. He understands that we are hopeless by ourselves. He understands that we need help. He understands that the sin problem in our life is too big for us to deal with by ourselves, And so he chose to deal with it for us if we choose to surrender our lives to him. And because of that, the Bible goes on to say in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 onwards, it says, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honour and gave him the name that's above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, when we choose to serve others, there's an elevation that comes in our life. It's a kingdom principle. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. The Bible says it this way, if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of God, you need to choose to be a servant in the kingdom of God. And so mums, this day, we want to thank you for your service. We want to thank you for your love and your care. We want to thank you for your presence in our life. We want to thank you that when others aren't around us, you are around us. We want to thank you that through your humble service, you get to carry out a very important ministry in raising young ones to be Christ followers. So from my heart to yours, mums, thank you. Let's all stand up. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Living Waters Church, Kyabrum. Don't forget, you can find us at www.lwkyabrum.com.